Hey guys, Adam Manner here from the Business of Strength podcast. I'm super excited about today's episode. In today's episode, I map out what my exact role is here at Varsity Gym in regards to director of training and four steps to ensure that the food that you're serving is delicious, to ensure that the community management that you guys have to keep retention with your clients is great and a lot of other great things in there. So before we get there, I just want to announce we have our awesome two-day SYP retreat that we are actually now extending to people who are not in the Business of Strength group. This is going to take place September 28th and the 29th in Scottsdale, Arizona, in Old Town at the Canopy Hotel. I've been there many times. It's amazing. We're going to have over 40 gym owners there because we are now extending that invitation for a very low cost because we truly believe that we can help you in your training business. You just have to take the chance, right? No risk, no chance to succeed with your training business. And so you can find all the information at businessstrength.com at all of our socials. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey guys, it is Adam Menner from the Business of Strength podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode. It's been a little bit since I've been on here. We've been super busy at Varsity House Gym ensuring that we are building one of the best private sector training facilities that I believe in the world. And so today I want to dive deep into my role in particular in terms of what the director of training should actually be responsible for, right? You think about in privately owned training businesses, what is the critical event that is happening? Well, that critical event is training. You are literally taking people who have a problem, their health, their fitness, and their performance, and you are helping them improve that long-term. However, that doesn't just include training, meaning, okay, yes, I'm coming in, I'm training them, and then that is it, right? We high five, and then we get them results, and they go on their way. There is a whole host of things that are happening as subsidiaries of just the critical event of training. And I think this is where a lot of coaches miss the boat. They think that reading more books about speed and performance and training is going to make them that much better. And it is. They think that reading more and more about movement and PRI and restoration and FMS and all of these other three-letter acronyms and certifications are going to make them that much more better. And it is. But you have to understand how to compartmentalize what you are actually doing, right? Because time is the number one commodity that you have. And as coaches, yes, the smarter and smarter that you get, are you doing it because you want to be recognized? Are you playing a status game in which you want to be recognized as a world-class coach? That could be a goal, but that goal is not going to make your business and yourself more money. And so there is a symbiotic relationship between the smarter that you get, but also how to incorporate a true product that gets results and keeps clients in the door. And today I want to break that down for you guys specifically of what that role actually entails and what you should be doing if you are the director of training, if you're the one managing your coaches and doing all the programming within your business. And this isn't a you know org chart, if you will, in terms of KRAs and how we're going to organize right, the business. I'm talking about this one particular role. And so if you don't know who that is or where that is in your business, we have plenty of episodes outlining how to make that happen within your training business. But let's dive in. Number one, I think the most important thing that you need to understand is your role, right? Is your role. And there's a phrase we like to use here called clarity is kindness. And that simply refers to what is my job? When I step foot in the door every single day, what am I doing? Because it's very easy to get lost in the shuffle, 
get pulled down on the floor, talk to clients, do five, 10 sessions a day. But what is the longevity of that, right? How are you going to compound skills? How are you going to make more money within your role? How are you going to make the company more money? And how are you yourself going to progress within the role within the company? And the director of training has one goal, one goal. That is to lead, manage, and hold the entire training staff accountable for the product, meaning the training, but also how they service those clients, right? So building product and servicing clients, customer experience. That in a nutshell is what the director of training is responsible for. And now if you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, you know, what does that even mean? Like, all right, I write good programming. I teach our coaches and then we just administer it. Well, sure, but that's probably two to 5% of it. And so I want to break down for you guys specifically, right? What those three to five tenants look like to help with the overall objective of your role. So number one is lead, manage, and keep all of the coaches accountable. So what does this look like on a daily basis, right? Well, you're managing and organizing the schedule of the business. What service offerings do you have right now? Where is your unused capacity within the schedule? What times could you fit assessments in? A coach needs to take off, they need coverage. So how are you gonna backfill that position, right? What does the session occupancy look like? So here we try to keep it above 60%. Next is your weekly coaches meetings. This is where you're just going over the scorecard, any customer issues that you're having, injuries, setting the table for a successful day, a week of training. That all happens in your meetings. Next is your quarterly one-on-one coaches reviews. Hey, this is how you're doing. Hey, where do you need support? Here are some areas of improvement, so forth and so on. Next is just the leadership of the internship and on-the-job training. How quickly can you get an intern in the door and become serviceable for your training business? Leadership of all the continued education for the coaches, meaning, okay, I feel this coach is not proficient in this area, so I need to help develop them and get them better in that area. Or I feel like this coach is really good at programming, but their customer service is not that great, so I need to swing that pendulum. I need to provide them the resources to get better in that area. Hiring and firing in conjunction with the owners of the facility. If you're going to be in the arena with them the most, you're going to know exactly how they're operating. You're going to know when they're late. You're going to know what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. Are they adhering to your core values, your mission? Are they swaying a little bit off the beaten path? Those are all things that you need to be responsible for. And you're going to have the best judgment in regards to you know, this person we might have to separate ways with. Next, right, tasting your food. Tasting your food, I can't specify enough, or I should say, I can't emphasize enough how important that is. If you're not doing as many sessions anymore, right, you might have lost touch with how the product is being delivered. So get in there, take a session. Lastly is your retention month over month, right? So is we here, the gold standard in the private sector industry is three to 5%. We understand that. You have to keep it in there. You think it's just magic going to happen because you're the best at PRI? Absolutely not. It is all about customer experience. It's all about delivery, following up, creating an environment that people want to be a part of. And so that is underneath, all of that, excuse me, is underneath point number one, which is leadership management and accountability of all coaches. Number two, here's the next thing that you should focus on, program delivery. No crap, right? Well, here's how program delivery is done here, and here's how you could do it as well. When you're creating a training system, I talk a lot about this in our private consulting group, right? You want to create a system 
that is replicable, repeatable, and can be done at scale. And you, you think to yourself, well, that's going to dilute the product. Well, if you're really as good as you say you are, it's not. You can create a product that's scale, scalable no matter how many members are coming in, no matter how many facilities that you're going across, right? Make yourself better than the Orange Theories, the F45s, and all of those different classes, or excuse me, all of those different businesses, right? And so when I'm creating the programming, I'm trying to think of a way of how I can make the programming scalable to our clientele, our athletes, and our adults. But I'm also thinking to myself, if we have an influx of clients with different abilities, how can I also get this, or how can I also ensure that this high quality product is delivered uh, no matter the ability of the individual? And I'm gonna explain to you right now in the next three to five minutes how you can do that. So when creating your te training template, Number one, it stems from your ideology. We're Varsio's health and performance, meaning we care about holistic health. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means we can adopt to all the different abilities of people that are coming in. We take a holistic approach in terms of movement, stress management, providing, putting them in positions to succeed, meaning we're not everybody needs to use a barbell, not everybody needs to use uh, specific variations. So we are creating an environment that gets results that's not predicated on necessarily you know, your preconceived belief or notion to heavy strength training and barbell training. So that is, you know, our overall ideology. And what is your ideology based upon the clientele and the demographic that you're serving? Number two, you have to categorize people. So you have to have an amazing assessment and an onboard. And this is not putting somebody on a table test for an hour and writing through all the different degrees of joint angles and checking the respiration levels and what have you. That is a tool in your toolbox that if you're trying to get a little bit more buy-in because that client really cares about it, then you can whip that out and say, hey, look, you know, this is how I'm going to help you get better. But what your assessment should do is you're trying to find out what is this person like, this person's background? What does their schedule look like? What do they do for work? You know, how much money do they make? You're not actually asking them. You're getting that information through knowing their demographic, where they work, their socioeconomic status. But you're also figuring out, hey, where have you gotten your best results? What type of training do you enjoy the most? You're creating a profile for this person. But now you would think, well, now I just have to write this super tailored program to this person. That's not true. Here's how we do it, right? When we go through the assessment, we have a standardized process. We categorize people into two buckets. Number one, are you a novice? Or number two, are you an advanced individual? Now, here's the kicker. You want to align your service offerings to the ability of that individual, Meaning if you're a novice or excuse me, meaning if your service offering is semi-private training, which we do here at scale, you can train one, two, or three times a week. That is it. That is how you do business with us. And that is how we get you the best results possible. However, if you're a novice, we have a one, two, or three time a week training option. If you're an advanced, we have a one, two, or three time a week training option. And I write that programming out. I write a create a four-week block because we administer it monthly. And no matter where you come in, you just fit in within that block based upon the assessment. Now that those training templates are made, they go through the assessment. We are figuring out, are they a novice or an advanced based upon you know, our movement category, strength category, and a little bit of conditioning. Once we do that, we upload them to our training platform, which we here use True Coach, and those templates are already done. We upload their profile and we just drag, and now they have a month's worth of training. Now, the longevity of that, the scalability and repeatability of that looks like this. Now, every month, a new training program is delivered, but we already know they're a novice or an advanced. So all I'm doing is, is I'm writing their programming 
in regards to I'm just writing out another four week novice block, one, two, three times a week, or an advanced block, one, two, three times a week. And here's the secret. I start with three, I just remove a day and that's it. So I write one, three time a week, novice, four week progression, one, three time a week, advanced progression, and now I'm done. It takes me 30 minutes to do a month of programming for over 500 people, right? And you would think, well, what if they have issues? What if I have all these things? Well, that's where the education piece comes in, guys. That is where you're teaching your coaches that if they can't do these specific movements, here's how you make these regressions, progressions, you remove an exercise, you insert an exercise, you just make that modification, you write it down for true coach. Because based on your schedule, you are not going to have a lot of people that just come in repeatedly to your hours. People are busy. They have things to do. So they might come Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 a.m. one week. They might come Tuesday at 3 p.m., Thursday at 6 p.m., Friday at 6 a.m. So you're not always there. So the programming that you're writing, you have to make sure that it is legible and that all the coaches understand how to administer it so that your service quality remains the same the entire time. And that is something that is super important here. And that is something that is super important for your business to ensure that no matter how many members you add, no matter facilities you open, that the service is five stars across the board. So that is tenant number two, program delivery. Number three, training, meaning you're coaching yourself. How can you be the director of training? You're doing zero coaching. Now, it can vary depending on how long you've been there what other obligations you have within your role, also what is needed from the business. But we recommend 10 to 25 sessions per week, averaged and maintained. Sometimes if I'm traveling with the business strength or we're doing other things, that number is going to vary a little bit. But I try to stay within that range so I have a great feel on what the product looks like. And also working alongside other coaches, I can nip things in the butt right there. If I see something that's not right, I pull a coach aside and I can just say, hey, next time, right, we're going to do this. And lastly, guys, tenant number four is community management. And this is arguably the most important one. Community management is the economic driver to ensure that clients and athletes stay inside your doors. Here's why, right? The training at some point, right? If obviously we know, and you think to yourself, you're like, okay, I know Right, how to deliver a great session. I know how to laugh, make people laugh. I know how to lead a room, get buy-in. I'm a really good coach. I'm a really good people person. That is true. That's why you're in the industry. That is a job that you get paid to do. However, what you may not know is true community management, meaning how do I manage my community? And this goes far beyond what happens within that singular hour that you're working with individuals. This means creating infrastructure where you can house the community. You're providing and over-delivering and exceeding expectation with value, right, in one centralized place. This is where you're running attendance reports and seeing how many times people are coming in. This is where you're directly reaching out. This is where you're giving phone calls and telling people they're doing a good job. This is where you're spending gifts, taking pictures, and acknowledging clients who are achieving milestones within your training. And this is where you're creating athletes and adults of the month and getting them, again, further gifts or things of acknowledgement for their hard work and effort. This is where you're hosting town events and community events and dinners and you're paying it and right, you're creating future bank, you're creating future goodwill with the community because you're exceeding their expectation of what a training gym should look like. This is community management and we have a system for adhering to that. And this is why that in conjunction with world-class training and experience 
will create longevity in the lives of the individuals that, that you work with because they have no other option. They have never experienced something as great as the food that you're serving. And that is going to keep them coming back more and more and more. And so that is why, right? That is why those four tenets are the most important things for the director of training. And anything that you are doing outside of there is really not that valuable unless you're compartmentalizing it and you're understanding what the driver is or the purpose of doing that is, but it doesn't get in the way of what your main role is. So that is it, guys. Right? That is the director of training role. If you guys have any questions, you guys want to ask more about us, you can email us. You can comment on all the posts that when we clip this out below. But I can't wait to hear back from you guys. And I hope this provides you guys with tremendous value. Thank you so much.